How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the 25th episode of Critically Incorrect. I'm joined today by Charlie and Justin, if you both wanted to say hi. Hey, Hello. what's up? Yeah, 25 episodes in, kind of crazy. Half a year, half of 100, or one-fourth of 100 episodes, so definitely making steady progress there. Um, yeah, decent amount of news this week, uh, but of course, I want to first ask for questions, if you have any. I always forget to do this in the very beginning of the episode, but if you have any topics, any feedback, any questions of the sort, leave them in the comment section section down below or make our way to our discord server um but with that being said justin and charlie what have you both been playing for the past week i guess i'll start with justin since he hasn't been playing what charlie and i have sure uh i feel like i've played a pretty good amount this week i've just been you know starting my summer break so it's been good um a bit of rocket league a bit of gta online um what else a bit of csgo some call of duty uh call of duty some fall guys um and i guess the big one that i've mainly been playing this week is resident evil 7 uh, i don't know if i did i meant did i say last week i started that or did i start that? i think you mentioned you starting it right yeah. okay yeah i don't know so anyways i've basically been playing that this week i finally finished it last night and yeah i definitely really enjoyed it and i'm looking a lot more forward to uh, village which is coming out tonight as of recording um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm gonna be streaming it. Check out my live. Actually, no, you guys are gonna see this after the last year. Never mind. Forget I said that. But yeah, anyways, I'll be. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for Village, and I'll be playing that tonight. <laughs> so yeah. Nice, awesome. What about you, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I played quite a bit this week. Obviously, the main game uh, that me and Brandon both play was Returnal. I'll save my thoughts for when we we fully talk about it, but I played a, a decent chunk of that um and then other than that it's mainly been more multiplayer stuff the new season for apex came out so um i've been playing a bit of that with some friends the new 3v3 mode's really fun um it actually made us want to play like a competitive shooter again so we all re-downloaded valorant um so we're gonna play a bit more of that tonight just because we have not played valorant in months uh i, th I think it would have been like 10 months or something since i last played that game it's insane um so i'm excited to go back into that one um and then other than that just some league of legends and like call of duty that sort of thing um i'm trying to think if i've played anything else on like ps5 but no I, most of my time this week has been with returnal so yeah same here i'm seven hours into returnal uh i'll save my thoughts as well but i guess i'll just tell you now i'm like really liking the game um we'll go more in depth later on we'll have our own segment for that Besides that, I played a bit of Fall Guys with Justin, like literally maybe about an hour or so this week with him. Um, I've also played a bit of Wreckfest. Uh, that was the PS Plus game that came out last week. Well, actually, no, this week on Tuesday. Um, I literally played like a match of that just to try out the dual sense and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And then besides that, I played three hours of Resident Evil 6 with Kim earlier today, playing through that. Um, I think we're both going to be taking a break because we're going to be playing Village, but we started up that. That's been fun. And that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah. Anyways, we'll move on here to the releases this week. Actually, a decent amount of stuff came out this week. Um, obviously, the big one that Justin hinted at earlier, Resident Evil Village, is coming out later tonight, um, the day we're recording this. And of course, if you're watching us on Saturday, you know, it's already been out for probably about a day now. Uh, we're going to save our thoughts, obviously, because we don't have thoughts currently until next week's episode, where I'm sure all of us will talk about our either impressions or review, depending on if you're all three of us are able to beat the game. Um, so looking forward to that. 
Hood Outlaws and Legends is a weird one because the game technically comes out next week, but um, as Charlie informed me, the, if you did buy like a special edition of the game, it comes out on Friday, which would be the day before this episode goes live. So um, yeah, that's the multiplayer game that they revealed, I believe, at last August State of Play. Uh, Destruction All-Stars got its first season this week. This was kind of like a low-key news story, obviously, because most people are talking about Returnal. But that did a drop, I believe, it added things like photo mode, a battle pass, and some other like new characters, or a new character. Um, Apex Legends got a new season, which, as Charlie kind of hinted at earlier, um, had added like a 3v3 mode, right? And then also added uh, yeah. a new character, and uh, just more changes, as they always do every season, right? So that's season 9, and yeah. And then I guess if you want to talk about the PS Plus games as well, we got Wreckfest for the PS5, Stranded Deep, and Battlefield 5, which dropped about two days ago on Tuesday. So, yeah, decent amount of releases this week. And, yeah, we'll move on to gaming news. So, our first news story this week comes from COD. Uh, didn't really expect this, but Activision confirmed that this year is going to this year's installment is going to be developed by Sledgehammer Games, which, of course, we're supposed to be doing um, the last year's Call of Duty game, the 2021. There was this whole big debacle about a, I want to say like two years ago when uh, Activision or uh, Treyarch took over on that project. But nonetheless, Sledgehammer is coming out with their own this year. I believe it's been, con- at least it's been heavily rumored to be another World War II game. Um, so I don't think that's been officially confirmed, but that's in the rumor report. It has been no confirmed to include integration with Warzone, of course, you know, as the last two installments had, and, um, they're also hiring a lot. So as we kind of also heard, this is kind of like a separate news story, but we'll include it real quick here. Um, I think Toys for Bob were confirmed to be moving over onto the Call of Duty franchise earlier this week. And, um, that alongside the fact that Raven, of course, is now working on Warzone, there's, you know, more developer, more developers needed for the main installment. So essentially there's just, I believe the word they used was literally tripling their size, which is kind of crazy. So Activision is going all in on Call of Duty, it seems, even though it seems like they've been doing that for the last decade. They are going to continue to invest heavily into it, which makes sense. Obviously Warzone, I believe COD might even be like the most popular it's ever been before just because of Warzone. Um, but yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts about this? Any of the new stories? I mean, I think we all knew Sledgehammer was developing it, but... Anything here surprise you? Uh, I mean, the fact they're hiring so many people is crazy. Like they said, they plan to hire over 2,000 new employees by next year or throughout next year. Um, and like you said, they're tripling the size of the, the dev teams for Call of Duty. Um, I don't know whether that will be worthwhile. I mean, we'll see. But I think the, the mass consensus online is that if the new COD is World War II, which is the big rumor, a lot of people aren't planning to pick it up. I'm sure there will be... <laughs> Dude, that's every know, million... year. That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, there'll be millions of people that pick it up. There always is. Um, but to be fair, typically when there is like people saying they're not that interested, that usually happens. It was the same thing with Black Ops 4. That game died off very quickly, um, especially on PC. And they had a big like PC release with that one. Um but I mean, with the the fact that Battlefield's releasing this year, and I think a lot more people are excited about that than they are for COD, um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects like Warzone and things, um, because Warzone was never intended to be like this big thing that would happen for years and years, and it's kind of completely changed as we've seen with like Raven now becoming a dedicated developer for it rather than just a support studio, which is a big change for them. Um, but yeah, it's cool that they're continuing support. Um, I, I think there'd been some rumors as well that the new COD might actually get delayed 
but I always thought that was kind of dumb because they have not missed never a that, holiday yeah. release in like 15 years. So there's no way they would like delay it. So, and they said here, like it's on track and looking good, all that kind of stuff. Cause it was like a shareholder thing. So yeah. What about you, Justin? Yeah. Uh, I'm not like too surprised that they're, you know, basically going all in on call of duty, you know, like the franchise just makes a shit ton of money. And especially with Warzone, as you mentioned, like, uh, the franchise might be more popular than it's ever been. Like I don't know. Like all my all my casual friends that you know that play games, I literally always see them on Warzone. It's literally all they play. So um, I definitely understand why they're you know getting more people to work on that. Um, in terms of you know Sledgehammer working on this year's Call of Duty, um, I'm excited. You know I really enjoyed uh, the World War Two uh, Call of Duty that came out in 2017, um, especially the campaign. Um, so I'm just kind of excited to see what they do with it this year. Yeah, I think I'm actually kind of optimistic this year in terms of the shooters coming out because it's been heavily rumored now that Battlefield 6 is going to be a return to form in terms of how Battlefield 3 and 4 were more in the modern day setting. So that personally interests me, as well as the fact that Sledgehammer is developing this year's Call of Duty. I really like their you know games, at least their campaigns are generally pretty fun. And I still think Advanced Warfare might even be my favorite Call of Duty of like the last decade um or thereabouts like the, at least the last ps4 generation right so that has me optimistic uh you know obviously we don't really know i thought last year's call of duty was gonna be a complete shit show given everything we knew about development right but that still ended up being like a fully functional release to a lot of people's eyes um so you know people could say it's gonna be delayed we don't really know until they reveal it um yeah it'll be interesting do you guys think that they'll wait till like august to reveal the game because i never Everyone was waiting for Black Ops Cold War to be revealed, and then I think it wasn't as late as August. They revealed, yeah, because they they basically they didn't want to like steal Warzone's thunder, so yeah. they kept delaying the reveal, and then they revealed it within Warzone. I think that was what they originally said, but yesterday in this thing that they were talking about, they were basically saying that they'll have more details about the new COD soon. So I would imagine we get a summer reveal this time. They're not going to wait as long to reveal it. Probably point. just because, obviously, Warzone, like, everyone knows what it is, and people know that it will still be supported, so they don't have to worry about kind of stealing its thunder, I guess. Especially if Battlefield 6 is coming out, there's no way you let your competition, like, reveal their game in yeah. May or June, and, like, you're silent for three months. Because there's, yeah. there's rumors that's getting revealed this week, so oh, we haven't heard anything yet. But Wait, yeah. like, tomorrow or something? Because it's Thursday. Yeah, there, there were rumors that it was going to be this week, because it's meant to be early May. So, who knows, when you're watching this, maybe Battlefield has been revealed. <laughs> That'd be crazy. And if that has happened, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next news story. This was actually one that dropped this morning. It was kind of low-key. Um, essentially, Ubisoft kind of came out with a blog post, kind of laying out the Division franchise as a whole kind of like with a roadmap. Um, essentially, the big major development here was the announcement of a new game. This is like a very vague kind of inform informative release. It said Division Heartland, a free-to-play standalone game for, I believe, PC consoles. Um, coming out sometime wow, between 2021 and 2022. Uh, they also said here, I don't think they've said which kind of like genre it is. I think a lot of people are kind of saying it might be Battle Royale. Um so that was like the first major takeaway here. They also announced that Division is going to be making its way to mobile, which I have no idea how that's going to work. I imagine it's not going to be like nearly as the same scope as the console games. Um, yeah, it might just be a different take on the franchise. But any guys thoughts here? I know they had like some kind of beta sign up for, which I did for the Division Heartland, which you can do. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what it is. I'm a big fan of the division. The first one, I kind of, like I was kind of mixed on. I didn't think it was amazing, but I still enjoyed it. The second one, I really enjoyed. Um, and then me and Brandon picked up the the expansion, but I don't think oh, I even don't even talk about that. that <laughs> I don't think actually. I even played it with Brandon. I've played it myself, but I didn't play it with Brandon. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed Division Two overall. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for more Division. I think one of its biggest downfalls is that. It wasn't free and so the player base dwindled pretty quickly and so like the pvp and stuff is pretty non-existent so having like a free-to-play division game i think is a good next step um i think a battle royale also seems very likely if it's not the main mode i'm sure it will at least be some kind of thing like the survival mode they had in the first one because that was a really cool mode but they they didn't put it in uh, division two so maybe that'll um that'll come back um but yeah i they said new details soon so i'd imagine ubisoft forward in june i think it is they announced it for right um i think i think they've announced it they've announced ubisoft it yeah forward. it's yeah june so i'd imagine we, we get like news there and they'll announce whenever that play test is going to happen uh like it says it's releasing like between Ooh, now test. and next year <laughs> so i imagine it's gonna be like <sighs> beta towards the end of the year and a full release in march or something because division one and two both came out in march um so that seems kind of likely uh but yeah i overall i'm excited to see what it is like i said i really enjoyed division so yeah same here i really like the second one um quite a bit and yeah any thoughts justin have you played division Uh, ever before i mean i have i haven't honestly but i mean i am interested in it just because you know like as charlie said it is free to play so um it might be fun to try out with friends, you know, just because, like, because it's free, it'll be easy to convince people to um, basically get mm-hmm. on and try it, you know? So, um, I, I don't know. It's still kind of vague, right? We don't know too much. So, I'm interested to see, uh, like, once we actually get some concrete, um, you know, news. I found um, it weird that they announced the, it here. Like, I, why, yeah, why wouldn't you just really wait until, of, like, a... Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms I think, of the I think it's... Thing, it's interesting as well, like, if it is a Battle Royale, I imagine this is Ubisoft's second attempt at trying to, like, enter that market, because they did Hyperscape, which just didn't take off, because it was a new IP, so I think if they're going to do a Battle Royale, this is the best way to do it, because people already know what Division is, so, like, if you can get that fan base on board, and then also say, hey, it's free to play, so if you were interested in the shooting and that kind of thing, feel free to come and try it out. Because I think that was a problem with Hyperscape is nobody knew what it was and it didn't really work. So, yeah. what were you saying about the mobile game, Justin? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say uh, I don't really care about the mobile thing because yeah. I, I don't I don't yeah. I don't play games on mobile. So yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us do. Yeah, I'd imagine it's not even being made by Ubisoft. It's like, probably just they're probably just publishing. Yeah. It'll probably be like a Chinese company, like Tencent or something. Yeah, this is probably about right. Anyways, Resident Evil Village reviews dropped as of yesterday when we're recording this. Uh, you know, by the time you're watching this, probably won't really matter much because you guys will be playing it yourself if you're interested in it. But it's currently sitting at 84 on Metacritic, just two points slightly lower than Returnal. So look at that, Returnal ended up topping <laughs> Resident Evil Village. Uh, the general consensus seems to be good, I'd say. I don't know, it's always weird, right? Like, to me, I look at 84 and I think that's great, in my opinion, but then people... I feel like games are often really highly rated, so when it's, like, below a 90, it's like, oh, it must be bad or something. Um, but yeah, it's reviewing pretty strongly. I think uh, a lot of reviews have mentioned the fact that the game's, like, around 10 hours long, which seems to be right about, you know, traditional Resident Evil lengths. At least, you know, the ones dedicated to horror. Um, yeah, 
pretty interesting. I don't really have any thoughts on like the major like uh, you know in depth reviews because I haven't really looked at them because I'm just oh. waiting to play it myself. But pretty exciting that it's reviewing well. I've seen a few. Yeah, do you guys have anything you want to add about that that you've seen? I'm I'm just I'm personally interested just to see like um how scary it might be just because um I don't know like most of the reviews I I read or watched like generally most of them said that uh you know it takes more like the action approach closer to the you know the older resis like four and five um and then less of the horror approach uh, yeah. compared to seven I think I mentioned uh, this like on then, your stream yeah yeah and then I don't know like I I also read today though like some like someone was asking. Um, this reviewer who played it, uh, if it was scarier than seven, and he said it's like scarier than seven. So I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it compares. Hmm. Jump scares and more just actual horror. Because for me, like seven isn't scary. It's just yeah, got a lot of jump scary. scares. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I think they, some of the people from Capcom said that they, a lot of the criticism from seven that it was a pure like horror game, and people didn't necessarily want that. So I think they've tried to cater more towards what people said about seven it's crazy i feel like that's why everyone loved it (laughs) yeah i suppose it because it was like different but i think when you're doing first person like an action orientated gameplay makes a bit more sense anyway um but yeah i i think the reviews looked pretty cool i saw most people are kind of saying that the gameplay is really good but the story is kind of weak but then that's always been the case for resi (laughs) for me anyway like it's not like the strongest storyline it's a bit messy here and there so um i'm just excited to see where they go with it and the gameplay seems fun so um i'm looking forward to trying it out yeah i definitely think it's gonna be like a mix of four and seven uh i don't think it's gonna be as bad as five five was like comedic as i was saying to you justin yeah yeah. like there's no way based on what we've seen in villa so far that's gonna be (laughs) at all like five you're not gonna be punching boulders (laughs) yeah exactly But yeah, definitely exciting. Looking forward to all of us playing it and talking about it next week, which we'll hear our thoughts on. Anyways, a uh, funny advancement this week has been with a lot of like weird new stories breaking out based on the Epic Games versus Apple uh, trial that's been going on. Uh, obviously, this has been going on for quite a bit of time, but I believe there's been some major court hearings this week. And a lot of other publishers have been, well, like, I guess corporations have been forced to get involved and revealed like some, you know, internal documents. Uh, so the first one was essentially regarding Sony and Epic's conversations for crossplay. This was like a big thing that happened, I want to say, the summer of 2018 when Fortnite was like blowing up. And then they first announced, like, I think for Switch, they announced crossplay. But PlayStation was like the only platform that didn't have it. Um, like internal kind of documents link um, to show that Sony's policy on it was totally just like, why should we do this unless there's something in it for us? Like, uh, Epic was proposing that it was a win-win for everyone involved. Um, they, I think they even specifically mentioned at one point, like, we're the biggest game on PlayStation, so like, this is going to happen one way or another. Just, like, depends on how you, you know, and what, like, format it takes. I think Epic offered a bunch of different things. I think they mentioned something like giving exclusivity, like, packs, which we've seen so far in Fortnite with, like, PlayStation Plus, and the fact that they might develop a, you know, exclusive VR game for their next, you know, headset. Um, nothing really concrete. The guy was just kind of like listing a bunch of options in the email. Um, said that they make Sony look out like heroes, like oh the savior of crossplay. But yeah, nonetheless, they just kind of just said, you know, we don't see any financial reasons how this would help us. Uh, we'll forward it to our executives. But yeah, kind of showed up, you know, Sony's stance on crossplay. Another big thing that kind of happened alongside this was the announcement that Sony actually forces Epic to send them a com- 
compensation package if the game doesn't receive its fair share of um, pretty much current uh, pretty much payment based on how much time that player has played on PlayStation. So let's say that someone has Fortnite on PS5 and Switch. If like they played let's say 50-50 on both platforms or like let's say 60-40 with 60 going on PlayStation but more than 60% wasn't with PlayStation's platform then PlayStation would be you know forcing Epic to send them compensation um, for that which is the only platform that specifically does that um, that was the big thing that kind of came out this week because so uh, Nintendo and Xbox don't force that so yeah it kind of showed you know Sony's kind of again kind of arrogant side to the whole cross play thing um, yeah, to just continue to like the only reason it's happening right now is because they were able to make a financial deal out of it. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Do you guys have any thoughts on those two, you know, information? Yeah, I, I think it was it was pretty interesting to see all this stuff come out. It made me wonder, like, is this the case for all games that have crossplay? Because obviously Fortnite was one of the first to do it, but there are many games that do crossplay now, whether it's warzone or apex or rocket league like they all support crossplay and i wonder if it was the same deal that had to be made or not like it might have just got to the point where they did it with epic and they were like oh, all these people want to do crossplay now let's just i do know it. i know in but the they email the they said something along the lines of like so many publishers has hit up have you know hit us up for crossplay but none have so far made a good case for why we should adopt it Right. So I wonder how that ended up looking out for the other ones, because we know Epic for sure has to pay the money. But like even some crossplay games that don't have any like payment with it, I imagine those ones obviously you don't have to do anything. But yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, like I imagine their stance has changed because obviously all that stuff was written what two, three years ago at this point. So I imagine a lot of that has changed over time with more games having crossplay. Um but there are a lot of like smaller studios that do crossplay. Like Rocket League at the time would have been still an indie studio before Epic bought them this year or last year even. So like, how would that have worked? Would they have been willing to pay Sony however many millions in in monthly amounts or whatever it is just to be able to support it? Um, yeah. It's super interesting as well as how like the emails from Epic go. Like it, it's so like please we'll we'll do so much you'll look so good just just let us do it it would be yeah. amazing no, like, <laughs> like uh, it's not even it it's not the like, like most professional email you've ever seen yeah. and that's i think with a lot of the documents they showed like a lot of it was pretty much between like one-on-one -on -one, whether it was tim sweeney from epic and then someone from sony you know i think the first one was like geo which is like the big no guy known for the geo video Corsi, right? yeah and then, yeah, I think we even got some, like, Microsoft stuff that happened later on that showed that, um, like, Phil Spencer still is looking to get Game Pass on consoles, which his email was actually really well written and uh, kind of, like, speaks exactly how he speaks on, you know, the crowd E3 um, time frame. Yeah, so interesting that a lot of kind of corporation details are coming out about this. Justin, do you have any thoughts on these? Um, I just thought it was interesting how, like, it shows, you know, like, how powerful Sony is, and how they could just essentially be like, um, you know, if you don't compensate us, you know, like, we really don't care if, you know, to enable this crossplay or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but other than that, not too many thoughts. Yeah. Alongside this, Epic's, you know, internally, actually, um, Fortnite skins leaked as well with these documents. Um, they were kind of just showing, like, the power of Fortnite, right, and the collaboration in terms of, like, the real world space. 
And essentially in these documents was, I believe, Samus from Nintendo. This was like specifically mentioned alongside uh, Kratos and Master Chief, which is a hint that, you know, Samus could be an upcoming skin to represent uh, Nintendo. Naruto, uh, I think further leaks mentioned that this was actually supposed to come out recently as well. The Rock, which has been previously mentioned. Um, the Bride from Kill Bill as well as I believe there's even some other skins like I know LeBron James and Lady Gaga, some like, you know, real world, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, pop yeah. stars as well were also mentioned. So Fortnite doubling down on that. I think Lady Gaga in particular, there's a rumor that apparently she's doing like a Fortnite concert or something like that, which is interesting. So yeah, definitely a lot of information coming out of that about all this and will be interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll move on. Uh, actually, we won't move on because more information came out about Fortnite in terms of Epic Games, you know, its funding. Um, they mentioned how Epic Games Store on PC currently still has yet to make a single cent in profit. Obviously, this makes sense if you look at their way that they've been, you know, buying so many exclusivity deals, right? So, of course, they're not making profit yet. They're trying to invest into the future of that platform. Did, um, did but they did talk about... Them? What? I don't know if... Justin, did he cut out for you? Yeah, I didn't hear squat. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, there was oh. a good like 10, 20 seconds there where you cut out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. If you want to well, go just... back and talk about the Epic Store thing again. Yeah, okay, yeah. So essentially what happened was they were talking about the finances between Epic Games, right? And um, they mentioned that Fortnite made $9 billion in 2018 and 2019, but Epic Games Store still has yet to make a single cent, which I was saying doesn't make, you know, does it, does it come out across as a surprise for me, considering that they're buying exclusivity deals, right? Um, that's been their whole philosophy, is that they're trying to invest in this platform for the future. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't really surprise me too much. Still a big reminder that Fortnite's a big powerhouse. Like, $9 billion for fucking one game is crazy. Like, if you do the math, you divide by, like, 365. These guys are making, like, so many millions per day. It's crazy. Just based on this one game and off cosmetic JPEGs. It's fucking insane. <laughs> So, yeah. And, like, guys... through this, we found out, like, there's other games that we don't even know will ever come out that have already got, like, exclusive deals. Yeah. So, like, Dead Island 2 has already got, like, an Epic Store exclusivity deal, and I still don't know if that game even exists. So. Wasn't Stalker also mentioned? Or, no, that was on the Microsoft side, but they that got, was like, on, I think yeah, a three-month exclusivity side, yeah. deal. So many, like, internal leaks have happened this week, it's hilarious. Just because... Well, not even leaks, but, like, just revealed because of these because of all court the hearings. Yeah. yeah, so kind of shit show everywhere, but funny in that way, so... Yeah. Anyways, we'll move on to probably our biggest news story this week, and this is one I didn't see coming based on the advancements of the past few episodes here on the podcast. PlayStation announced that they're partnering with Discord, of all things. So, as you might remember, you know, Microsoft has been trying to acquire Discord. Um, we informed you, I believe, a week or two ago in one of our episodes that Discord ended up turning them down because they wanted to stay independent, but they were still looking for, you know, they were still keeping the door open in the future. Um, yeah, this week announced pretty much that PlayStation's kind of investing a small investment in Discord um, into their company, and in return, they're going to be partnering with Discord to implement it into PSN, which is kind of crazy. So, yeah, they announced that early 2022, I believe it's going to be for PS4 as well, but PS4 and PS5 are going to be getting Discord like fully, well, not fully, but implemented in some way onto the PlayStation devices, which is pretty exciting. So, I imagine at least we'll get voice chat and uh, you know, general chatting, right? There are obviously still going to be some limits as I kind of raise some concerns um, with some people. Like, obviously, the not safe for work stuff is going to be something that PlayStation has a big stance on. 
um, just based on their policies, as well as naming, like you can nickname yourself to any name. Um, so there's still going to be some like loop, like, you know, kind of, some kind of workarounds they're going to have to do, but still very exciting nonetheless that Discord is going to be fully implemented. Um, just because I feel like whenever I play games, I'm either talking to someone on Discord or like the rare person that doesn't have Discord. Um, I still have a few friends that just use Party Chat on PSN. So having that all linked to Discord is going to be pretty sick and definitely an advancement I didn't see coming, especially considering the advancements of Microsoft for the past few weeks. So yeah, I know all of us are pretty excited about this, but did you guys want to go into specifics? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that they're finally doing it. I hope this means we eventually get this on at least Xbox. I don't think it'll ever come to Switch because they still use that stupid online apps and they don't even, <laughs> you can't even voice chat through the console. So, like, Discord coming at Switch seems very unlikely. Um, but yeah, like, Xbox, you can kind of talk to people on PC, but you have to use the Xbox app and it kind of sucks. Um, so, having it on PlayStation where you'll at least in some way be able to communicate with people, I think is going to be really cool. I don't know how that'll work with, like, owning ps plus and stuff like how did maybe you get like discord nitro included or something that that would be that'd be sick i don't have to pay for that anymore. Um, that'd be great. but for me when they announced it it kind of clicked to me as well like obviously they playstation recently announced they were going to discontinue like the communities thing because that's not even on ps5 so to me this is kind of like that's their replacement and this has probably been in the works for a while um especially if they're putting an investment in because that stuff obviously takes time um so for me, this seems like communities is going to get replaced by some form of Discord integration where you will at least be able to view different servers. I would imagine there'll be a restriction on what kind of servers you can use. Um, and I would guess that's why PlayStation aren't just partnering, but have also got an investment because it means they can kind of have a hand in how that stuff is all going to work. Um, but nonetheless, it's really exciting. It's a shame it's still a while away um but they said we'll get updates as they they're kind of ready to talk about it so hopefully we start hearing stuff relatively soon about how far they plan to go with the integration but yeah i'm just it's pretty thrilled cool. this exists like that's crazy yeah, yeah. just um I'm, I'm excited for it too obviously just because you know like we've been using discord for like years now uh, it's been a big part of like you know just our everyday communication um and the fact that it can now be you know a part of playstation yeah, we great. could record our podcast technically <laughs> on ps5 if we yeah to just record or we could play a game at the same time you know so <laughs> yeah it's it's great i'm just yeah like as charlie said too the only problem is like you know it's still quite a while away it's like like not until early next year so like still like half a year away but nonetheless i'm excited you know i love discord and just yeah. it's, it's so easy to communicate with people so yeah, yeah exactly I'm wondering how like they'll do anything new and specific i think i mentioned like game statuses that are currently on pc obviously that just detect it if running off your pc i imagine we'll get that for ps5 so like you know on pc you could see if someone's playing like let's say god of war ragnarok right um it'll be cool pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah they, exactly. i mean they already have that for xbox so i don't know why they don't have that for playstation already like you can yeah. link your xbox account to discord and it shows all that stuff so it's kind of weird they didn't oh, that's cool. didn't already have that but i think like ideas like having like share screen and stuff implemented yeah, into discord cool. is cool because obviously true. you've got like live live streaming and like sharing a screen is already on right. discord so mm -hmm. implementing like the 
the pinning videos and people playing games onto Discord and stuff. I think that would be really cool if they're able to do stuff like that. Ah, and we just enhance kind of true, the split screen stuff they're already trying to do. Yeah. So. Could even see like uh, like certain games like promote their Discord on the game itself yeah. and like, through, like the natively just take you. Stuff. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Like have factions have like a dedicated Discord or something like that. Yes, you know, automatically linked to. Especially so. if it's on PC. I know. As well, that's another big thing. You know, it's possible it can be tinting that PlayStation is going to be investing further in the PC space, possibly, since you know they're partnering with Discord. So, yeah, I was surprised I took a stance on this, just considering the company that PlayStation is. Like a lot of times, it's like us first and foremost are going to make the decisions. Like, you know, definitely was a big surprise to me, and glad it exists though. Anyway, speaking of another big surprise, it looks like Sackboy Big Adventure is going to be getting some post-launch content. Um, they announced this week out of the blue that they're essentially going to be using um, the game, like the little card system at the very bottom that, um, you know, obviously is a native big PS5 feature to be promoting these upcoming post-launch drops. So starting this month and for every other month going forward until 2022, Sackboy Big Adventure is going to be receiving a speedrun trial. Um, that essentially is a big contest between everyone that, you know, has the game, right? And essentially wants to go ahead and um, try their best. Um, the top, like, there's different tiers that um, get different rewards. So, like, the top 50% have a certain reward. Everyone, like, just gives an attempt to get a certain reward. Um, and then, of course, you get, like, the gold and, like, the platinum if you get below 15 and 10, 5%. Uh, it's a really cool, you know, system. I actually did try already and I already got like in the top 50%. Might go back and try to go in the top 15%, but it's pretty cool to see that PlayStation supporting this in a way, like a national contest. It's actually Sackboy. Sackboy is such a weird game. Um, like you wouldn't think of that game first to get like post-launch content in this way, but I'd really like to see more games do this where like there's like a whole, you know, national like supported contest by PlayStation to like go back to an old title that's already been out for a while and offer like rewards and incentives based on like a community challenge, right? So really cool to see. Um, and especially since it's going to be getting one every other month for like the next half a year, uh, def- definitely like a really good move there. So any, I think any it's thoughts all, on this? I was going to say, it seems like a, a good way for Sony to kind of incentivize people to use the cards as well. Because as far as I know, the only way to like access this stuff is using the card you can't find you it can in go in the game you can go in the game oh okay it's on the, yeah the way, the way nice they trial. made it out in the video was like press your playstation button and there'll be a card for it so it's I, a good I example of something if... that you can only really use though like it's a big yeah shortcut. i almost wonder if sony kind of went to various different developers and was like hey do you think you could come up with a cool way to use the cards and like we'll post it on the blog and post videos about it just so we have more examples for developers to see what they can do with this stuff because right now like there's not a ton being done with the cards like they're there mm. but i i don't really use them i don't use like re- returnal <laughs> I I, I the cards them. are kind of pointless they give like, you like a yeah. they give you like a useless percentage number of like a certain world you're on that you're not gonna yeah. use like exactly a, yeah. yeah but i think Although, this is a great way to show how you can jump into content even like post-launch they can just add in add in cards whenever so exactly yeah. were we gonna say just no i said i was gonna say i literally haven't used the card since playing Sackboy. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think i've they're, i literally forgot about them completely they're like, good I shortcuts i remember i used it for astro's platinum like i used it to jump yeah they were they were good for like those launch fast. games they were good for those lo- like launch mm-hmm. games but then after that I, I don't think i've used them for anything else yeah it's just up to developers right and like 
the tro with the way the trophies like if a game doesn't use them like they're automatically going to fill trophies but i think we all kind of already expressed our feelings about the trophies being terrible in a horizontal view like the cards are nice but as like you know trophy wise you're not going to use them so and yeah it's up to the developer not every game still doesn't have percentages on trophies and i don't get it yeah. some games do some games don't i'm like just please just let Show me see how many things out of like 50 have i collected yeah yeah exactly yeah, Destiny is better implementation. Obviously, like a game like Returnal, like there's no way you're gonna use the cards, right? Because there's this, yeah. There, like I'm sure that you could think of some really cool uses, but you're not gonna use that as like a shortcut to get somewhere because like, there's n that's not possible unless you're gonna go back to the ship or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's interesting. It'll be cool to see how like Ratchet uses it and stuff in other games going forward. But definitely a creative way that PlayStation and Sackboy was able to use of it. So cool stuff over there. Anyway, it's a really cool advancement this week that came out was the fact that Sony actually trademarked Sunset Overdrive. So Sunset Overdrive, obviously, for people that don't know, is Insomniac's, like, I believe one IP they did for Xbox. Um, this was the one of the first Xbox One exclusives that came out, I want to say, in, like, 2014. Um, I actually personally played, like, the first few hours of the game. I think it's really good. Um, it is out on PC now, so it's not something, like, it's only linked to Xbox. You could fully buy it on Steam if you want to. Um Insomniac did own IP, so when they did get acquired by Sony, now it's up for grabs for Sony if they wanted to release it on PS5. Um, and that looks like it might happen now that they trademarked it. So this kind of coincides with the 4chan leak that appeared. 4chan leaks obviously generally shouldn't be taken as anything substantial, but this one has been going around um, kind of, you know, Twitter just because it is very specific. There's a lot of different games here that seem like stuff. Like if you're going to create a fake leak, you wouldn't mention these things. So first of all, it mentions Dreams Plus being a thing, which is like such a very specific and weird kind of thing to make up if you were going to make something up. They even gave a date, July 29th. So, you know, possibly that could be an announcement for like a PS5 upgrade of Dreams. Sunset Overdrive Refresh Edition for PS4 and PS5 this fall. This was the big one that was going around because obviously Insomniac has already dropped Miles Morales just last November. Obviously, we're getting Ratchet and Clank just next month. The fact that they can get like a third game out within, the, you know, a time span of a year would be literally nuts. Um, so that was a big rumor, as well as a sequel to Sunset Overdrive called Sunset Apocalypse coming out for PS5. So that would be insane. I'd actually be totally down for a Sunset Overdrive sequel for PS5. Um, yeah, just kind of crazy. So what are you guys' thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I the fact it got... Sorry, you go first. Like, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah, the, the fact it got registered, I, I think, is a good sign that there is something coming. Because normally when they do that, it's because they are preparing to actually start like marketing stuff and they need to be able to legally post like logos and things um i think on the does on the trademark i think it mentions insomniac and xbox game studios so i, I don't know how that'll work like because it's called refreshed edition so i wonder if it would also re-release on series x and stuff um just because i know obviously insomniac own the rights but i wonder if xbox still have like the publishing rights to the first game at least um because mm. i imagine because they obviously own the ip but because xbox published it originally and then published it on pc i don't really know how that would work um but being able to play that on ps5 would be really cool um i haven't like i played it when it came out around a friends 
Um, and I've played a few hours on PC, but it's not great on keyboard and mouse, so I haven't played too much. But it's a great game, and, like, you can really see where Spider-Man was, like, heavily inspired by it. Like, yeah. a lot of the gameplay was taken from Sunset. Um, I'd love to see them do a sequel, honestly, because... And I think Insomniac would... They've spoken a lot about how much they liked Overdrive. Um, so I, I think it'd be really cool to see a sequel to that game. Um, as well as some of the other stuff in, like, the 4chan potential leak, like Dreams um, coming to PS5 would be cool. The fact that it's got a date makes me think that maybe this is a bit more likely. It does say that this is a state of play for this month, which is the thing where I'm like, I don't know, because we just got one. And we so I don't know how likely that one. is. And yeah, and what, would you do one in May when you might have an event in June? It just seems kind of odd. Unless this and is well, their June event, but just at the very end of May or something. But that's still yeah, because yeah, it's a weird one because then you haven't got Horizon or anything. So, um, and I know some people were saying like they've never announced like a massive game like a Sunset sequel from one of their big studios at a State of Play, which is a good point. So I don't know how accurate it is. But then there's other third-party things on there, like Sonic Colors has a date. Um, there's a tie-in game for that new Sony movie, Mitchells and the Machines, that is mentioned on there that I don't think has been announced. So that seems like an odd one to put in there randomly. So a, a lot of that stuff makes me think that maybe this has got some validity to it. Um, but I guess it's kind of just a wait and see. But I think a Sunset sequel could happen, and a, a, a port seems likely at this point, so... That's a good point, though. State of Play is generally don't have many big things. I will say Dreams did get its release date at a State of Play, so seeing a Dreams mm -hmm. Plus doesn't surprise me. I could totally see that happening. That'd be crazy if they had, like, a May State of Play that announced all this stuff, and then they still had, like, a June showcase or something like yeah, that for the bigger, awesome. bigger games. Like, goddamn. Um, we're definitely due for some announcements, just because the PS5 has, like, already released so many games, if you think about it. Like... Demon Souls, Miles, Sackboy, Astro, Returnal, Destruction All-Stars. They haven't really announced too many to replace that. So, like, I think the only thing we have really after Ratchet is just, what, Horizon, Kenna, and God of War. So, they're definitely due for yeah. some announcements here coming up. Um, and I'm sure we'll see them in the next month or so. But, yeah, definitely very exciting. And if Insomniac can, like, Insomniac's one of the best studios right now. Like, if they could have, like, literally Spider-Man, Ratchet, and Sunset Overdrive going as, like, three different, very different series, that is very cool. So, like, an area where we're, like, it seems like we get one release from every developer, like, once every four or five years. It's crazy how Insomniac can work so fast and get so much done at, you know, a quality bar like that. So, hats off to that. And yeah, anyways, our final news story is actually one that broke earlier today and was one that was confusing a lot of people. And I think people are kind of slightly taking it the wrong way. So essentially, I believe Sony confirmed that there was going to be some PS5 redesign going in to production in 2022. I think uh, a Sony representative in like Korea kind of confirmed this or at least talked about a bit about this. Um, people see this and immediately they're thinking like PS5 Pro or something like that. That's not what this is. Essentially, what I believe, at least, based on what I've heard about it and read so far, is that this is going to be a different model that's going to counteract the shortages that they're currently experiencing with the PS5 that they're manufacturing right now. So it won't necessarily mean anything for the consumer. Like, this could literally just literally be marketed the same as, the you know, a PS5, right? Um, it could be internally only. So, you know, it might not even see something like a big difference in terms of, you know, when you're going to buy a PS5. But essentially, this going into production in 2022, I believe, is going to be aimed to stop the shortage problem, which is happening with one of their chips. 
Um, so definitely very interesting there. Um, at the same time, I don't know why this would exist because I imagine the chip shortage wouldn't last until 2022. Um, I know I don't know everything right, obviously, but I imagine that the chip shortage won't be here forever. So it'd be really weird to kind of have a solution for that for next year. Um, but nonetheless, it's something that's happening. Um, we have seen some other things like this happen on the PS4. I think even you, Charlie, you mentioned, or someone mentioned in Discord, the fact that the PS4 had the glossy kind of cover, at, you know, the yeah. very top as, you know, a launch edition, right? Um, and then, like, very quickly soon after that was removed um, in the manufacturing line. So it doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but there definitely is going to be some sort of change, most likely internally. And, yeah, so do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think redesign seems like a, a poor word choicing from the articles i've seen i think it was like um a korean manufacturing company that makes mm -hmm. like some of the parts it wasn't sony themselves oh really um yeah but it it seems like what they were saying is that it's a slightly different chip um and i would imagine it's i don't know if it's purely shortages i would more guess it's down to like cost effectiveness and stuff and they're just saying hey there's this slightly different chip we could use that gives us the same speeds but it's going to cost a bit less and we can get more out next year and that kind of thing um i would say that the most similar thing it's going to be to is um between like 2014 and 15 after they'd already like switched up the ps4 with the complete map version there was like an a and a b revision around the time when battlefront came out um and it was literally it had a slightly quieter fan um and used less power so it was mm. just it didn't get as hot but physically it looked the exact same and the only way to tell the difference was the code i would imagine this is very similar where it's just going to be a better performing console but you're at no disadvantage if you own a launch one it's just a revision that they do to save a bit of money and you know make a slightly better console so it's, what uh, I, it's yeah yeah so what i was going on about is apparently so like sony had their earnings call like a few days ago um or maybe even like a few weeks ago it was a q4 2021 earnings call and the cfo hiroki totoki suggested that stock shortages could be overcome with an electronic product redesign so i guess that's where i pulled that mm -hmm. from but nonetheless okay. they spoke a bit about it anyway go on uh, but yeah, that that was, you know, basically it really. I, I mean, this kind of stuff happens a lot. You know, it's nothing to freak out about. It's not like they're already planning to put a Slim into production next year. Like, obviously, they'll be working on that stuff because they're always working on new consoles. Um, but there's no way that's what this is. Uh, it'll just be a revision. Or even similar to what the Switch did, you know, where it had a slightly bigger battery. It's simple stuff that under the hood you're not going to know unless you're kind of really reading into model numbers and that kind of thing yeah exactly so yeah any thoughts justin before we end yeah, the segment? Uh, i don't know yeah i just like you know i've seen like a lot of people online that have basically basically been you know losing their shit saying it's like oh uh this is exactly why i decided to wait for, you know and not get a launch model or whatever <laughs> so but, like yeah like as charlie said it's you know it's definitely not that um they're not going to be you know making like a pro or slim at least for a while um and you know i don't know like if this is um if this helps with uh, what's it called like cost efficiency or uh, helps with the shortages then you know it's fine it's not like i'm going to be looking into um you know the specific model of wood chip or whatever so i think it's fine you know mm. i don't have a problem with it yeah exactly 
anyways, as we hinted at earlier, we're going to talk a bit about Returnal now. Obviously, Charlie and I, and this has been our main game we've been playing for the last week or so, and a lot of us um, generally have, you know, strong opinions about it. So I guess, Charlie, I'll let you start based on your, you know, experience, if you want to talk about how long you've been playing, what you think so far, and all that. Yeah, so um, as far as I know, me and Brandon are at a similar point, but I have played about double the amount of time. Um, I checked my playtime this morning, and I'm at just over 16 hours in the game. Um, so I'm at the fifth biome. Um, I want to say there's six biomes from what I've seen online, so I'm kind of near the end, although it's very luck and difficulty-based, um, as you'll probably see when Brandon talks about his experience. But for me, um, I'm really enjoying the game. I actually found the game in the first few hours really easy. Um, I got through the first two worlds in my first run, well, the first proper run, um, and then got to the third world. And I basically had to go to bed, and I didn't want to put it in rest mode because there's no, like, saving. So I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll just die, I'll get back to this point. And then it took me another, like, 10 hours to get back to that point. Um, I was just getting super unlucky with, like, my runs and kind of the stats I was getting on things and, like... I was just doing really badly. I streamed it for like, I want to say four, maybe five hours on a couple different days. And like, yeah, I did made no progress until last night. And I uh, managed to get through a couple of biomes just because I got a really good run. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying it. It runs really smooth. The stuff they do with the controller is really cool. Um, so like when you start a run, there's like rain pouring down and you kind of like Astro, you can feel all the raindrops in the controller. Uh, I was kind of worried that would be persistent, but as soon as you leave that room, it stops, which is really good because you don't want loads of little vibrations going off all the time. Um, they also kind of use that for to help with the 3D audio. So, like, if you hear an enemy behind you, you do kind of get slight rumbles in, like, the bottom of the controller um, just to help your brain basically go, oh, there's a guy behind me I need to dodge because it is really hard to keep track of all the enemies on screen at once. Um and the stuff with the triggers is is probably my favorite, where, like, if you hold it down halfway on the left trigger, you kind of aim down sights, and then if you pull it all the way, you get, like, an alt fire mode, um, and they're all kind of, like, randomly generated with your guns when you pick them up with different stats and abilities and things. But, yeah, overall, it's really cool. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I do think saying it's a roguelite is a bit uh, maybe wrong of them, I feel like it's a bit more roguelike than, say, something like Hades, because um, a lot of the time in that sort of past 10 hours I've played the game, I didn't really feel like I was, like, getting better at the game or, like, earning new things to make me have a better run, basically, because you don't really upgrade anything other than your guns kind of leveling up, and you get to a certain point where you can't level anything up anymore, as in Hades, you are constantly upgrading things or unlocking new abilities and that's not the case in Returnal so I do think that that's maybe kind of a downfall of the game um, and it'll be interesting to see what more casual audiences think of the game maybe when more people pick up the console and the game and things um, but for now I'm, I'm really enjoying it and uh, I'm looking forward to playing more um, it seems pretty lengthy so I imagine I'll be at least for another week probably playing it maybe a bit more yeah exactly i'll be doing the same the only thing that i wonder is how village will affect that i'm still planning on playing yeah. both of them but uh yeah 
uh, like you, I'm really liking the game a lot so far. Definitely the best dual sense implementation alongside Astro. Um, for reasons like you said, you know, holding down the trigger halfway and shooting normally was something I had to wrap my head around. Like the first 30 minutes or so, I kept using the alt fire mode. I was like, not on purpose either. I was just like, I like my brain's just been triggered to hold down L2 all the way for like the last 10 years. Like, is such a weird thing, and it almost gave you like another button, but still on the L2 stick or trigger, which is really really cool. Um, I'm seven hours in. Like Charlie, I've made it to the biome, the fifth biome once so far, and I haven't been able to get back there just yet. Um, yeah, like Charlie mentioned, my experience has been a lot different. Um, I actually died to the first boss once, and then I think I died like very stupidly, like off a cliff in the first like room um, another time. So on my third run, I beat the first boss finally, and then I actually got quite far into the game. I was able to get all the way to the third boss, which is um, the one that Charlie was struggling on, or at least to get to that guy. Um, and the only reason I'm actually beat him was because I had one of these special perks on it, which gave me like a 25% chance when using a consumable for it not to disappear out of my inventory. And essentially I rolled that 25% twice during that boss fight. So I got essentially like three heals out of one med kit. Um, which helped dramatically in that fight as I sent Charlie like the clip like I literally was like so low on health <laughs> So literally I somehow beat him first try um, By very much, you know, not only luck, but <laughs> I wouldn't have beat him without the luck obviously so yeah in a way like I've been seeing a conversation on Twitter About people complaining about the luck some people just giving up on the game because it's you know pissing them off and I get that um, I think the biggest thing for me right now is currently the lack of a save feature, like a quality of life feature like that, just because, yeah, you could say get good, right? But not everyone has the same amount of hours in a day to just keep a game um, like that. Like even if you argue rest mode is a way to save, you know, your save files, people have issues with save files and two, there's an even bigger problem there. You can't really multitask. You're kind of staying at returnal, right? You can't go and play a different game because obviously you know, PlayStation 5 doesn't have quick resume like Xbox. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I want. They have already, you know, said that they hear that concern, and hopefully it will be coming sometime in a soon patch. Um, it's also worth noting that, like, a recent patch that came out this week apparently was correcting people's save files. So hopefully none of you guys got affected by that, but that was something that was happening. Um, but they were able to roll that out, you know, with the new patch that came out today, luckily. Um, but, yeah, going on in terms of the luck discussion... I'm actually really enjoying the way that they do progression in this game for, you know, a few different reasons. I do share the concern that, you know, you're not physically upgrading your character, right? But in a way, I kind of find it more interesting that you're not, you know, upgrading your character. Because, like, if you think about it, you could be watching someone on Twitch, right? And, like, they could literally beat the game on their first run if they wanted to. Like, nothing's really stopping them. It's not like you got to play Hades for, like, 20 hours to get better guns or get better swords, right? And then able to face the boss with much better stats like the stats you have in one run isn't going to be limited because you haven't played enough of the game like they're going to give you the same kind of stuff there are certain items that you can only unlock after you know getting certain data cubes and stuff like that but to a large extent like literally a lot of it is just up to luck and you know your skill right so it's really fascinating that like any run could change in a second based on what you get and what happens to you um, so I actually kind of like that aspect to it, but I definitely do see how people are annoyed by, you know, the lack of, you know, progression in that sense. But yeah, it is interesting. Um, I'm definitely really enjoying the combat. That's probably the biggest surprise for me so far is like when I'm not playing Returnal, I'm thinking about playing it because the gun combat is just like super addicting to play and satisfying with the dual sense. 
Like I've been going back to other shooters in third person, right? And without it, it feels like I'm not playing a, like a shooter. Like it almost feels like I'm playing a game without rumble. Like even though it has basic rumble, like once you go with haptics, you can't really go back to it. So um, go back to anything else. So yeah, I'm definitely really enjoying it. Um, I'm actually really glad they didn't really show too much about this game because I've been having a blast just discovering new things in this world. Like I think even Charlie and I have been discovering like new things almost like on a lot of different runs based on how this world works and the little quirks within it. So yeah, I'm having a blast with it and yeah, I can't wait to play more. So yeah. I, th- I think my my biggest surprise for it for me as well is like the story. Mm-hmm. Like for for me, I went into it knowing that I'd probably like the gameplay a lot, but I wasn't expecting much from the story. But from where I am right now, like that's all I'm thinking about. Like when when I want to play Returnal, it's because I want to see what's going to happen to Celine and like why is she in this loop. Um, and at first, I kind of was like I was interested, but I wasn't super engaged. But from what kind of happens before you get to the fourth biome, and it kind of changes the whole game really. Yeah. Um, and f- for me, that was like okay i really need to see what's happening because i'm not only confused but i'm also like i just i want to know what's going on like there's it's hard to talk about it's like you're watching a movie and like you haven't gotten the conclusion of what's going on (laughs) with this whole entire thing it's like brandon will know what i'm talking about but like when you beat the third boss there is a a section that happens in first person that just i was sat there and it kind of blew my my mind because it was just so cool and like I, I don't know who came up with the idea to do it um but it was it was super interesting um and i, I just hope that there's there's more of it because i'm kind of worried that i am near the end and there's not going to be too much story um because for me that's the biggest surprise uh especially you know for housemark they they've never really done that before this is their first kind of really narrative driven game and i think they've done such a good job with it i really hope they do more of this kind of stuff um i especially you know they did that battle royale game that never came out so i kind of hope that that's not what they go back to now when they do more stuff like returnal because it's so good um um, I I hope that Sony just fund them more and more because it's so clear as well that this would not have been possible without PlayStation being there to fund it. Yeah. Like the the budget in the, on this game must have been insane because like visually and it looks amazing and like functionally it's it's really good and u- utilizes the console so well. Um, but yeah, it's probably the the biggest surprise for me. I think this year, yeah. like playing it. Like I thought I'd like it, but I'm really liking it. Like, I'm almost at a point where I, like, the $70, like, certainly for me, at least, the $70 price I have in mind. Like, it's, I've gotten my mm. fair share of enjoyment just based on the combat alone. It's hard to recommend it for $70, but, like, I certainly felt like it hasn't been a waste of money. Like, I've been having a blast at this game, so that speaks a lot. And especially coming from me, who, like, I've been campaigning Returnal, right, for, like, the last few months. Like, even I'm, like, still blown away by just how fun this game is. And, like, usually I don't really get that with roguelikes, but I still have that drive just based on the story, like Charlie said, and also just the fact that the game's just super fun to play. Like, I could totally see myself beating this game and still wanting to go back, just because it has the best dual sense implementation and, like, has such, you know, satisfying combat. Like, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. And, yeah, Justin, you planning on picking up Returnal eventually on sale or something like eventually, that? Eventually, yeah. I definitely do want to pick it up just because I know you guys have been talking about it for, like, basically the whole week. And you guys have been, you know, definitely positive uh, positive impressions, right? So, um, you know, it's, it was just a matter of, you know, like, the timing that it came out um, wasn't the best for me because, you know, it came out, like, right at the end with my final exams. And then 
I was playing Resi 7 this week because I knew because I knew Resi 8 was coming this week and I wanted to play that. So I imagine I'll definitely play it sometime this summer. You know, I hope it, <laughs> the price goes down a bit, but I'm definitely interested. I definitely do want to play it. You know, it looks right up my alley. Kind of. Yeah. I I don't know. I I guess you get. I know Brandon said I might not enjoy it just because. Um, what did you say? Like, there's lots. Like, there's I just a lot feel of like time that passes. There are a large no gaps. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, no. I don't know. I feel like I could still enjoy it just based on. The yeah, I definitely think that you can still like it for sure. So, yeah, I definitely like, do yeah, want to try it at some point. For me, that was the biggest downside was those large gaps. Like, it probably wasn't as bad for for you, Brandon, because obviously you've had a shorter playtime. Yeah. But like for me, I had like 10, 11 hours where there was no progression in the story, and I was just going room to room, shooting the same guys, and then go, oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> like I struggle with every time. It's like. And you walk past the house every Dude, time. Get, like, I get, just want to go in the house. You'll and get I hit learn once, stuff. and it'll just screw up your last two hours because then, yeah, like, yeah. it could take out half your health bar, and it's like, fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah there's just the, there's a couple of enemies that just the bats in like the first area are like so annoying because their their attacks are just really Tra difficult to dodge. I don't know if you feel this too, Charlie, but I feel like the game almost like if you're like, like if you're having momentum in this game, it almost feels that like the game's a lot easier. Like I feel like if you're going into like a new area for the first time, like you feel really powerful, but then you'll die and you'll come back and the game feels like 10 times harder, like you're saying. Like when I first made yeah. it to like world 4 and 5, like it was pretty easy. But now that I've, you know, died and have to come back, like I feel like it's definitely a lot harder if you lose that momentum in a way. Yeah, I don't know if it's on purpose, but, like, sometimes you'll start runs and no, you'll I'll start with a pistol room. and you'll be, like, in the first room with the game, like, guys that take, like, 20 shots to kill. Yeah, like exactly. And I, I don't know if that's on purpose or if it is because it's kind of random with what rooms you get. Yeah. Um, because there's a couple of times where I did start and there was, like, one of the, I would say, mini bosses that, uh, like, shoot oh, fuck, massive really? barrages of, like, bullets and, like, jump around at you and things, like, which has not been fun. I haven't had that in a while. I've, but I've had my first times. room literally be the house before as well. Yeah, I, I've had that, yeah. But it's, like, seeing the house is so annoying because if it's, like, all broken up and stuff, it means you can't interact with it. And it's, like, I just want to go in there and do more of the story stuff. Because that is kind of like your main way into it, um, but yeah, it's it's really good. Um, like I, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to talk about it without like spoiling too much um, because there are so many things that they didn't really show. I'll say the um, bosses are but, a lot like hate, like a lot like Fury if you played that before on PS4. Yeah, so and like the that's another thing. Like the music is so good as well. Yeah. Like in in it's so atmospheric and it reminds me a lot of something like Alien um but like the fourth world in particular brand you'll probably know what i'm on about yeah. when you go up like the tower like that scene is just so good um yeah and like the, the music's just so good in that entire section um as well like I, the game does tell you when you boot it up but you basically need to play the game with headphones and you're at such a disadvantage if you don't because the game is very reliant on 3d yeah, audio people have said this is like um, a podcast game but i found the opposite like i feel like when i'm playing this game i want to yeah, be no. focused like i can't be listening to someone talk and then like be trying to survive these rooms without my 3d audio like no nah, it's not, not even a the audio is correct so episode important. man all right maybe that maybe that maybe, <laughs> maybe that's an exception okay yeah, yeah we need to listen to ourselves whilst playing it that's that's the key <laughs> But, like, yeah, I because there was a few times I played it just with the audio coming out of, like, my soundbar. And, like, that has got some surround, but it's not 3D audio, and it just, it's not the same. But as soon, I found, like, as soon as I used my, my headset, 
like I was instantly doing better because you just get a much broader sense of where enemies are um, and hearing their attacks and stuff. I think they've done a great job with the sound design just because it is so clear when enemies are going to attack you without even seeing them um, and being able to dodge that stuff. So, yeah, overall, it's just such a good package. I, I think this is kind of solidified for me that the, the $70 price point can work. Um but it is going to take some time to convince people. Like, I, I've even spoken to people in person, like, when people come in, a, like, where I work and, like, they want to buy a PS5 game, and they look at the price and, like, Demon Souls was, like, I think we sell it for, like, £60. And they're like, this is, like, a second-hand game. Why are you selling this for so much? And it's like, yeah, they increased all the prices. And people st still don't really realise that, because, obviously, they're still on, like, PS4 and things. Um, so I think... It'll be interesting to see how long this sticks around for. As long, I mean, as long as people keep buying it, this it's going to stick. But for me, this kind of said, yeah, it it will work if the quality is there. Especially even the right if, games. with a game like Returnal. Yeah. Like we saw with Destruction All-Stars, definitely that game wouldn't have been worth it for yeah, $70. That yeah, that would not have, you know... Yeah. convinced me to keep paying 70 pounds for games but returnals like, I, I think worth it. returnals a good one especially because it's pretty lengthy mm -hmm. ratchet's going to be an interesting one because ratchet looks amazing but like how long is it going to be it looks uh, like as a long as it's like a decent length yeah. but like yeah, yeah. i imagine it's going to be pretty full of content and stuff but that's like the one so far where i'm like that's a lot of money to spend on that game, but I, that was the same thing for me with Returnal. But that's kind of, it's kind of convinced me that it was worth it. So yeah, anyways, we can talk about Returnal for ages, uh, but best that yeah. we end up probably here. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more if we you know beat the game in the next week or so with Resident Evil Village for next week. So look forward to that. And yeah, with that being said, of course, I wanna you know once again remind you here at the end of the episode if you have any feedback, comments, suggestions, anything like that. Leave it either in the comment section down below or click the link in the description below to make our way to our Discord server. And yeah, with that being said, we'll see you next week for the 26th episode of Critically Incorrect. Take care. See you. See you later.